It is February 1st, 2012, and Doug Kank Crispin and Andy Lindbergh are Skyping. Hell is gone and heaven's here, there's nothing left for you to fear. Shake your ass, come over here, now scream. This is some kick-ass Oregon history. So I'm here with the resident historian of kick-ass Oregon history, Doug Kent Crispin. Um, Doug, do you realize that we're recording this for possible broadcast over the internet? Is that what the giant microphone in front of me is for? <laughs> yeah, dude. Get used to it. <laughs> I do. So on the 17th of January of the year 2012, you were in the Jack London Bar beneath the Rialto Pool Room, as you are often, and you had the diorama show that we're excerpting in today's podcast. Um, why dioramas? Well, I guess it started out actually at the D.B. Cooper show. Um, I don't know if our viewers have seen, uh, or listeners, I guess, have seen pictures of that, but Melissa Lang, our assistant, set up this set with uh, clouds and little treetops like D.B. Cooper might have experienced jumping out of the back of a plane. And it was painted cardboard with tempera paint and so on. She did an awesome job. And we're standing there, and she said, it's going to be like the band, and the historians are in a diorama. And it, it was kind of a funny moment, so we started laughing about it. So that was kind of the genesis. And then a few weeks ago, um, I was stoned, and I wrote a note to my history advisor, which it's always a good idea to write a note to your advisor when you're stoned, of course. And I put it <laughs> in a box, and, and I said that all graduate students should have to make a diorama before they can graduate from PSU's history department. And I thought that, you know, of course, that was a great idea, and I'm sure that my uh, fellow students appreciated that. Uh, I'm not so sure how my advisor took it, but the next night I'd had a little too much to drink. I was drunk, and I wrote a press release. I just decided, fuck it. Kick-ass Oregon history is going to have a goddamn diorama contest, and here it is, boom. And, Andy, I don't even know if I sent it to you for editing. I know there was lines about strippers and, and, and things like that, but do you recall editing that missive? You, you pretty much just sent it to me and said, this is what we're going to do. So, And, and the diorama contest was born. Is it diorama or diorama? You know, that's that's really interesting. That's a fucking interesting question. Um, and I don't know the answer to it. Okay. I'm going to go with either. I know some of our interviewees and myself say diorama. I believe it was Greg Schein uh, from Fort Vancouver that was very diorama. It was and very diorama. Said, you invited people to send their dioramas in. They could take pictures. And very quickly, you got um, uh, an entry about uh, the Tillamook burn, right? You want to describe that one that came in? Yeah, that was, that's, that was a fantastic one. And I hope we're going to post some photos of these uh, maybe on our webpage. Uh, yes, um, yes. I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the reflection of our webmaster in the window right now, and he's nodding his head yes. Perfect. So the Tillamook Burn uh, was by an artist that wishes to not be identified, uh, but too many internet searches will, of course, reveal uh, artist's name. But it was a bunch of boughs 
from fir trees uh, inside of a fireplace uh, that that individual set on fire. And I thought it was fantastic. And they took photos of, uh, of the blast, so to speak, and then they brought a, a casserole dish filled with ashes to the Jack London bar for diorama night. So, Beautiful. of course, so, they were so awarded five bonus points. Very much in the, the Portland tradition, it was time-based art. You had to, you had to experience <laughs> it. Yeah, That's you right. had to experience it while it was happening in order to experience it. Okay, great. Okay. I call that a diorama, 100%. So there was one that um, I appreciated, not only the use of the Mach 5, but um, there was at least one Wookiee involved in one of the dioramas. Would you uh, tell us a little bit about that one? Yeah, that was um, uh, the Rajneeshi Daily Greeting, which was fucking awesome. It was a bunch of Star Wars figures uh, dressed up like Rajneeshis with not a Rolls Royce, but I think a little Corvette coming by, of course, signified. Dude, that's the Mach 5. That's not a Corvette. It's the Mach 5. God damn. I thought you were talking about a razor, and I was like, I'm going to let this this reference just go right over my head. I, I want another mirror pond. Um, so, it, yeah, and it was a fucking awesome one. Now, the artist, she had originally intended to do a salad bar with a bunch of action figures laying on the ground with shit coming out their asses, suffering from salmonella poisoning. Uh, which of course the Rajneeshis put in the salad. Yeah, on 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 Sheila and that the exactly. famous plan. Yeah, in Wasco County. But she thought nobody would get the reference, and I thought, holy shit! So we started talking about it. We started talking about what I referred to as the Bigfoot, which is of course a Wookie. And then she started telling me about Wookie porn, and it is only only at a kick-ass Oregon history event that you can start talking about the Rajneeshis and all of a sudden you're talking about Googling Wookiee porn. It's, uh, it's, it's a wonderful fan base. I love them all. <laughs> well, actually, speaking of fan base, um, Carrie, who's the bartender, didn't, didn't she sub- submit a, a diorama like in the, the 11th hour? She did, the 11th hour. So it did not qualify for the contest, but she did a diorama of... Uh, Stumptown Stories Nights at the Jack London Bar, which, of course, our Kick-Ass Oregon History segment is a part of. So she had lots of different characters inside there. She had myself dressed up in a rather flamboyant red blazer. And uh, she had Sean Connery kicking someone's ass, hanging down from the ceiling of the diorama Jack London Bar. It was fantastic. You actually talked with a professional dioramanist um, over at Fort Vancouver. Greg Shine is uh, the chief ranger there and uh, over at Fort Vancouver. Fantastic fellow. Uh, one of my professors previously. And he doesn't actually make dioramas, but he's a, pu- a public historian. And I just kind of asked him a bit about what dioramas are and kind of where we're at with dioramas in the interpretation of public history. Oftentimes, I think they can be, they are actually part of the history. So the diorama itself, rather than, well, certainly the story that it's telling. But I think secondarily is the creation and the story of the diorama itself. And I think a, a couple of good examples of that would be in the Presidio of San Francisco at uh, what was, uh, when I was there, formerly called the, the Presidio Army Museum, there were a number of uh, these big, beautiful dioramas, probably. Um, 
maybe uh, 10 feet by 10 feet by 10 feet, like a 10 foot cube of miniature um, scenes showing the, the um, representations of the, the um, earthquake, the 1906 earthquake, and other scenes from, from San Francisco's life. And these were a part of the 1915 International Exposition in San Francisco. And so they were saved afterwards and put on display. And so there were, there were, when I was there in the, in the early 90s, um, people were coming in as much to see them as dioramas as they were to see the scenes that they, that they represented. So, I mean, they, become, they really are, um, um, I think, a, a type of art, especially when done on the level of some of those. Um, so I think there are values to them still today, but I think, generally speaking, they're probably looked on as, as somewhat um, archaic. But then there are also ways of building modern technology into those. I mean, there can be you know hologram effects. You know, there can be things. Uh, the uh, what is it? The, the Seattle. Uh, what is it? The music museum up in Seattle. The music experience. Paul Allen's yeah, joined yeah. up there. And I recall you know being something there that that sort of models the older diorama style, but yet with more with modern technology. But I think the idea of trying to focus on a window, a specific window or scene in time, and helping people visualize that rather than reading them something, I think that's really valuable. And I think that that, that is being uh, continued today. So there's value in the old ones, and I think there's value in, in the, the modern representations. For us, um, a couple of the other uh, entries. We'll, we will post photos for everybody who sent in photos. But um, in particular, of course, I'm going to have you uh, talk about the the winner. But the um, there's an interview that we have um, with with Anko. Um, yes, um, criminalcrafts.com from criminalcrafts. She did an exploding whale. Of course, the diorama uh, recreating the incident that Paul Lindman, a local news reporter, has made famous on YouTube. Uh, uh, I believe it was uh, 1971, 72, not 100% sure on that. That was historian fail. And uh, <laughs> this, this uh, interview or uh, this segment that's on YouTube is fantastic. And of course, we'll probably put a link to the segment on there as well. We showed it at the Jack London Bar. And Sean Bowman made this awesome, awesome diorama about this exploding whale where she took a tilapia. And well, I'll let her tell the story. I sent out emails a while ago looking for explosives, and this time of year, it's really hard to find uh, combustible material. And we had thought about actually stuffing the fish with dry ice and just waiting for him to explode, but then we thought he might freeze first. So uh, the kids and I just pretty much shoved a bunch of sparklers up his ass and uh, set him on fire. And it was a very much explosive effect in the video. Yeah, yeah, he is, he's definitely burning. What do you think about the exploding whale? Why, why do you think that's such a, a kind of a kick-ass legacy that our state has? Well, I think part of it is the bureaucracy. Um, and the Wikipedia entry for this is so worth seeing um, because you really see how things can go badly quickly. A, a bunch of men were given a task of cleaning up, which usually leads to some sort of clusterfuck. And they, they did what every little boy dreams of doing, 
they decided the best way to clean something up was to blow it up, which I think was was noble on their part. And the job of cleaning up the whale, um, right now the Oregon beaches are uh, maintained by the state park department, but in the 70s it was the highway department. And really what they do when they encounter anything that's in the way is they blow it up and they got a lot of dynamite and they're like, hey, clearly, clearly we need to see what happens when we shove one, 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 uh, 1,000 pounds of TNT into this whale. Like, that was the mindset. So, um, and that was pretty damn hilarious. had a huge deja vu that's this is that's a good thing Um, one of the things that i thought was great about the contest when i got your drunken and or uh stoned uh press release was that the one of the big prizes was a diorama essentially um Do you want to describe for us what the various and sundry prize or prizes were yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there was, of course, the Kick-Ass Oregon History uh, D.B. Cooper Knight T-shirt, which, of course, for, still for sale on Etsy. Um, and, you know, that was kind of the crappy prize because we have a few of those. Crappy prize? Those are beautiful. <laughs> my, my, mine is printed so off-center that I, I feel like, I'm, like my back is broken every time I, I look in the mirror when I'm wearing it. We want to thank New Avenues for Youth for uh, providing those homeless children with an opportunity to make T-shirts and helping Speak, us out. Speaking of working while stoned. <laughs> exactly. Keeps them from playing hacky sack down at Pioneer Square. Exactly. Anyways, uh, so, so there was these awesome D.B. Cooper Knight T-shirts as well as an actual diorama, again, provided by CriminalCrafts.com to the winner. It's a diorama of a funeral. So there's a hearse and there's some gravestones and a coffin and so on. So the the winner of the diorama contest won a diorama. That's pretty awesome. And 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 tell us about the winning diorama and the winner. Well, uh, there are two lovely sisters, Darcy and Holly, and they did the winning diorama. And of course, all the dioramas were winners. That were submitted to our contest, but this one just except for that of, one that sucked, except for the one that really sucked. But this one kind of went over the top. You know, they had a little house. What it was was the Wolf Creek Tavern, and they had a little house in it, and it had a real tie in to the Jack London Bar, which I think I'm just going to let Darcy talk about. So tell me about your diorama, the Wolf Creek Tavern. The Wolf Creek Tavern was on the stagecoach route in Southern Oregon for all of those prospectors who were on their way to Strike It Ridge in California. And, and it's also a place where Jack London stayed, which is appropriate for this venue. The Jack London Bar. Wow. It, it looks like you and Holly, of course, your sister helped you out with it, put a ton of time into it. We did. We did. It was, it was a couple of days and several hours on each day. And tell me about the shroud. Well, the shroud covers up the uh, surprise ending to the story 
of One-Eyed Charlie. The shroud uh, is a surprise ending, and I'm not going to give it away. Charlie has a bush. <laughs> Charlie, was a, Charlie was a woman. And the shroud covers up Charlie's dead body, which is laid out for viewing in front of Charlie's cabin. And it, was, it wasn't until Charlie was prepared for viewing that it was discovered that Charlie was actually a woman. Because Charlie was the best stagecoach driver in the history of the Gold Rush days in Oregon. And it was discovered that Charlie had a voluminous bush as well. <laughs> well, well, that you know, that is a rumor. Yeah, I can't confirm or deny that. <laughs> well, did you have fun making your kick-ass Oregon history diorama? It was really, really fun. It was a great time. It was um, super fun to research all the stories that are out there about uh, Oregon's history. There's a ton of stories. And it was really fun to sort through them and imagine how visually they would play out and what they would look like. And really tough to pick one. But when I read that One-Eyed Charlie was involved with the Wolf Creek Tavern and that was the Jack London tie for the Jack London bar, it all just sort of made sense. And then it was the, you know, she was a kick-ass chick. That was cool. Thanks, Darcy. Sure. I'm a man. Yeah! I spell him H I N. That rubber than main. There's one more that I want to talk about or have you talk about and describe. Um, again, it'll be up on the website, but this is this one I think was the best use of pecans that I had seen in any of the entrances. Entries? Entries. What's that? Yeah, one? Yeah. I, I think that of all the entrances, it was fantastic. It was the Shanghai Tunnel or a tube. So it was a diorama of a building with a clear vinyl tube coming out to a boat in the Willamette River, of course, signifying the fabled Shanghai Tunnels. And on the boat, to make it appear more nautical or perhaps boat-ish, we might say, were pecans affixed to the hull of the ship. And uh, it was certainly, absolutely, the most delicious diorama submission. And uh, I, I really, really enjoyed that diorama as well. Well, I thought they, they represented the wood grain of the hull of the ship quite well. So I, I, don't, I don't know if they were uh, uh, intended to, to make it more delicious. Um, I think it was to accurately portray the wood grain. That's just my that, guess. That's why I said boat-ish. Yes, boat-ish. Much like a boat, hence nautical wood grain. <laughs> um, would you classify the diorama contest as a huge success or a gigantic success? I think I would put it somewhere between huge and gigantic. Can we go with that? Um, you're talking about the contest, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, now... With, are you gonna? How how do you top a diorama contest? I think you top a diorama contest by making it an annual contest. Excellent. So, um, this time, same time next year, or do you want to do one coming up sooner? When when? Uh... But same time next year, we might move it a little bit past the holidays. I think some people had some stuff going on there. I mean, this the winner of the contest is absolutely gains the title of the best diorama in the state of Oregon for 2012. So okay. I'm hopeful that with that moniker established, that 2013 we're going to have even more entrances uh, to this contest. 
Well, would it would it be safe to say I know we're working on a podcast for Oregon's birthday? Uh, would it be That's safe fun. to say that that maybe that might be a good time to uh, you know kind of to aim for next year around the the fourteenth of February twenty thirteen? That's a fucking great idea, Andy. I like that a lot. Yeah. Well, and you know, I had it right here live on a podcast. <laughs> that is recorded and boosted on the web. That is recorded and boosted on the web. Speaking of recorded and boosted on the web, um, this is a new type of podcast for us. Um, normally, we don't speak. I mean, I don't think you and I have had an actual conversation since we were juniors in high school. It's um, a podcast without talking, which yes, is just the, fucking weird. The enmity is that great. Um, but what we're going to do is um, start asking our listeners for questions, um, pieces of, of Oregon history they'd like to know more about, or in particular, I'm interested to know if people have follow-up questions about podcasts that we've done. Yeah, um, like the eggs, say. Yeah, 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 yeah. A follow-up on the eggs or... Um, you know, Rose if Blast. the Roseburg Blast or uh, the Wonder Dog and, you know, an opportunity um, uh, arises. So after this podcast, we'll start sending out uh, tweets over the Twitter machine. And um, in the future, when we have our uh, chat casts like this, we'll actually um, uh, open up some uh, listener mail and take some questions. And honestly, I'm going to make them up if people don't send stuff in or if what they send in is crappy just just be forewarned yeah and, and i hope people send them in and if they don't i hope that you make some up because i'm about ready to pull out my oregon haiku collection oh god no yeah no yeah. no 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 it's it's tenuous it's <laughs> tenuous at best <laughs> So we need to wrap things up here uh, for no other reason but that I'm running out of hard drive space uh, to uh, uh, furnish this recording. Um, and I need cold beer. And you need, and you need more cold beer. Um, so uh, I want to thank everybody who um, sent in stuff for the diorama contest. Absolutely. It was fantastic, the response that we received. And I really, really appreciate everybody's entrance into our contest and I, I mean it. I absolutely mean it when I say you're all winners in our book. <laughs> and especially the winners. Especially Darn. the people who actually won. Um, so um, we've got more great podcasts coming up. Um, uh, the uh, the, or, the or, orgasm is in the works for uh, Oregon's birthday. Uh, what else is coming? Uh, we're working on the final details of a film event in may that i'm pretty excited about and so i'm just giving a little teaser right now but we're gonna follow up about that and then we've got a pretty big big bonanza event that we're working with uh, one of our favorite kick-ass oregon historians for late summer as well so we've got a couple yes. big i mean like db cooper night big we've yes. got a couple of big events coming up perfect perfect and of course Every third Tuesday of the month, we're down at the Jack London Bar. We love it down there. It's a fantastic environment. We hope everybody can come on down and check it out. So uh, thanks, Doug. This has been thanks, fun. Thanks, Andy. It's been a good time. And um, at this point, I'm um, going to do some sort of an outro.
there you have it, Ass Kickers, our very first cross-country chat cast. We hope you agree that today's episode featured some kick-ass Oregon history. Be sure to visit our website, orhistory.com, where you can look at pictures from all of the dioramas featured in today's podcast. You can also pick up some orhistory.com merchandise, as discussed in today's podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Oregon underscore history, or our email address is OregonHistorian at gmail.com. out we'll need your questions for future podcasts are there questions you have about a previous podcast or is there an oregon historical event that you want to know more about send it in to our email address oregonhistorian at gmail.com or tweet it to oregon underscore history you stay historic oregon and kick ass Actually, that might that might end up in the outtakes at the very end. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs>